You really want to know what love is? Yeah. Yes, tell us. More than anything in the world, Ron. Well, it's really quite simple. When you're married, you'll understand the importance of fresh produce. Shut up. Just shut up. You had me at hello. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I'm joined again with Dr. Trina Reed. Hi, Trina. Hi, Steve. We are beyond Valentine's Day. It's, it's, it's in the rearview mirror, and we're still here, and we want to continue to make sure that people pay attention to their relationships. And one of the things that we're trying to do is keep the spice alive in the bedroom, outside of the bedroom. And that's why we always love having you on because you always have a great perspective on things. And oh, thanks, Steve. You're welcome. And so, um, you know, spice really is an appropriate word for today because we are going to be talking about aphrodisiac foods and whether or not they're real and what are they and how they work and all that good stuff. So um, let's, just, uh, let's just jump into this thing. So I guess the question I should pose first is are there really aphrodisiacs out there and or are they just things of legend and figments of your imagination? So, Steve, I, I think there's a reason why sex and food have been paired and associated with one another for thousands and thousands of years. They have an awful lot in common. If you think about, uh, you know, when you're, when you're served a beautiful plate of food, so when you have this beautiful plate of food put in front of you, all of your senses are awakened. So you, you see the beautiful food, you then smell it. And let me tell you, smell has, uh, it goes right to our primal brain, and there's a lot of triggers that help our, our when it gets, goes to the primal brain it just it really is impactful on how we are sensing it uh, we take the food we touch the food and even if you aren't touching the food with your fingers there's a there's a big sensual component even if you're taking it off of your fork so there's touching the food there's putting the food in your mouth and tasting the food which is also another impactful sense sensation but something we don't often think about is when we are chewing the food there you know a lot of food good food has different textures in it and if there's crunching to the the food we're hearing the food and so all of our senses are awakened when we eat and and apparently during sex that's just that's what's supposed to happen as well so you know that's why i believe when we have sex and we and when we eat food all of our senses are awakened and that's what that's why they've been paired but however steve uh, because of it, a lot of myths and fables have been made up over the years about surrounding food. And I don't think it's a bad thing mm -hmm. that there are all these myths and fables. In fact, I think when you say, look at a different food and, and hear the myth around the food or hear the fable around the food, it makes the enjoyment and eating a lot more interesting. And I can give you some examples okay. if you want. I mean, well, I mean, what you're talking about is really kind of up to this point is really the association between food and experience. So if you came home and there were a tray of chocolate-dipped strawberries laying on the bed, uh, you'd kind of think that, hey, we could get busy after this, right? You know, Steve, if there was 
if there was chocolate-covered strawberries on my bed, honestly, it would make my panties <laughs> wet. But I, I don't know if I'd want to have sex. But I, you know, I certainly would want to eat those ch- chocolate-covered cherries. But yes, you're absolutely right. We associate foods with different things. So when you are feeling bad, I can guarantee that you have a comfort food that you automatically go to. You know, and sometimes it's the funniest thing, Steve. I have been in the middle of making a grilled cheese sandwich. So grilled cheese sandwich and tomato soup. That's my comfort food. And I don't usually eat that food, but I have caught myself making it and thought to myself, hey, I'm feeling bad because I'm making my comfort food. Same is true when we associate food with sex. There's there's different things that we see that we go, hmm, you know, this is this is getting me into an experience. And so when we're having a beautiful five-course meal, or I think when we take our, our lover out for a, a nice meal, we are saying, hey, we're going to experience a, a, a lovely time together. We're going to have some beautiful food, and that's going to help hopefully put us in the mood to have some sex later. So absolutely, there's there's huge associations with food leading to sex. Okay. And so uh, the big question, what are some foods that are considered aphrodisiacs, and how do they work? So a big food that would be the closest to uh, being getting us sexually aroused would be like a chili pepper, hot food. So what happens when we eat hot food like a chili pepper, it releases the same endorphins that we feel uh, when we have sex. So the same endorphins that, that are released during sex are released when we eat hot food. And that's probably why so many people love eating hot food because we're getting that, the same pleasure centers hit. Uh, other foods that are considered aphrodisiacs, I don't know, I, I, the almond blossom okay. is considered the symbol of fertility around the world. Do you know what an almond blossom looks like, Steve? I, I don't know what it, I I don't no know what it looks like. No. <laughs> yeah. No, but but and and the almond gives us a boost of iron, which helps us during sex. Uh, things like vanilla. So when you smell vanilla, again, remember, smell hits our primal brain and 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 is very very impactful. Vanilla is supposed to be a pl- pleasurable smell for both women and for men, and you know it's just and it's, I think that's one of the reasons that cooks say that. Um, Vanilla is like the salt of baking, so it's you know it's just one of those things that you put into everything in baking because it just makes the mm-hmm. uh, dessert a lot dessert experience a lot more pleasurable. If you go to more savory like rosemary, so rosemary is supposed to be quite invigorating, and uh, apparently the the essential oils that come off of rosemary are supposed to boost your your lovemaking abilities and such. I don't know how, how true this is. And another thing that I, I, have, I haven't seen no scientific evidence on, but there seems to be claim to, is ginger, so ginger, okay. whether it's raw or pickled, uh, helps make your erogenous zones more sensitive. I'm not sure how that happens, but I'm going to be eating a lot of ginger <laughs> in the next few days just to try it out. Uh, chocolate, dark chocolate, which is like everybody's favorite. Sure. Love, you know, chocolate. Chocolate feels good. I mean, the chocolate is universal. It, it's a huge, huge, huge seller. And one of the reasons is dark chocolate, not milk chocolate. Dark chocolate uh, boosts our serotonin level, which which helps us be um, more happy. So hopefully, we're more happy in wanting to have sex. Um, 
different cultures have different ideas around food. So the ancient Chinese consider peaches to have magical properties. What those magical properties are, I'm not too sure. However, uh, they also contain a lot of good nutrients that help us in the sex act. Uh, another nation, India, believes prescribe mango for men's libidos, and why, I don't know, but, uh, you know, apparently there's something in the mangoes that's going to help a man want to have sex. Does that, so, does that also apply to women as well? For in, in, in India, it's just men that get prescribed the okay. mangoes. And another one I love is honey. It has been dubbed the, the nectar of Aphrodite. I just love saying that, nectar <laughs> of Aphrodite. So, you know, the, the thing is, these foods, if you, if you went out and ate a mango or if you ate some rosemary, it's not going to make you want to have sex. The thing is, it's, it's, the, it's the experience around the rosemary. You smell it, you taste it, you, you create a lot of associations with that food. Um, that, that's what makes it a sensual experience. However, there's, there's different things like I, I love some of the legends around food, and this is just very slightly uh, related to food. I just love the story. So apparently Henry VIII had uh, uh, champagne. You know the champagne glass that looks like a bubble, not the flute, but a bubble? Uh, uh, that bowl kind of oh, yeah. champagne? Mm-hmm. The bowl? Yes. Apparently, he, Henry VIII had the bowl champagne glass made to be exactly the same fit as Mary Antoinette's breast. Wow. Aha. Uh-huh. You see, the next time you look at one of those round champagne glasses, you'll be like, oh, somebody's <laughs> breast there. Wait a minute. I'm drinking out of breast. And there's, there's stories from back in the Greeks, in the Greek times where mince was... Um, uh, playing around with Plato, and so Plato's wife got all jealous, and so she turned mince, the nymph, mince, into a little uh, t- tree or something, you know, the whole mint, and that's oh, how okay. mint came out to be. So, I mean, if you take a look at the, the legends behind these, they're really fun, and, and when you're eating them, it's like, hey, this is, that's an interesting story. But does eating mint want to make you have sex? Probably not. So I but mean, that's fresh in your, but it does freshen your. <laughs> which which is definitely not a turnoff. Um, no, it's a good know, thing. One, okay, so one of the things that you know you keep continue to describe all these foods, and I'm thinking, okay, these are like really good herbs and really yeah. good healthy fruits and vegetables and things of that nature, and you're not talking about like Big Macs and and things that are, are <laughs> greasy and make you feel awful. I mean, there's got. I'm I'm assuming there's some sort of. Um, you talked earlier about the iron that you get. Um, there's some sort of health benefit that kind of makes you feel physically good and able to, I guess, perform, right? Well, the, the whole thing about pairing food with sex is you have to be really careful to eat lightly before you have sex. So if you're going to go off and have a Big Mac and a large fries and this, you know, supersized Coke, uh, chances are you're not going to be too much in the mood for sex afterwards. So when you're looking at putting a nice meal together, you know, something I love to tell the couples is have a, a picnic, a carpet picnic, where you're feeding each other finger food. So the finger food is light. You can feed each other the finger food, which, which enhances the romance. And, and you're not going to be too full afterwards 
to have sex. And yes, I, you know, the whole thing about the, the, par- the foods that are associated with sex, they are good foods. They're good for you foods other than the chocolate, but I rest that chocolate is a food group, but uh, you know, chocolate. I, I, they are good. Okay. It's a food group. And yeah, yeah. Steve, don't try and dispute me on this. Uh, no, no, food, no. I was going to, I was going to say that there has been many a studies because I am a dark chocolate lover and there has been many a studies that show that it's f- stuffed with like antioxidants and all sorts of stuff that are good for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you'll find that the foods that are associated with sex are the good for you foods and they have the nutrients and they have all this but also you know 300 years ago mcdonald's wasn't around they didn't have you know the the fast foods they only had these basic foods and so that's why these myths and fables get associated with those foods i thought they had chicken nuggets back then no? <laughs> maybe, maybe they did. Um, <laughs> and they had ATMs and all that other yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, there's a there's a wonder drug on the market now, Viagra, that has um, rejuvenated the sex life for a lot of um, men. Is Viagra an aphrodisiac? Uh, well, it depends who you ask, Steve. But I would Viagra is simply for. Mechanics is simply for make, helping him get an erection. It doesn't put couples in the mood. Although, if you watch the Viagra commercials, it will it will say, "Hey, it will help get you sexually in the mood." It doesn't. It just works for mechanics. However, I would say that for some men, being able to get an erection definitely puts him in the mood or puts her in the mood to have sex. But no, it's it's there's no enhancement in it. It's just for mechanics. Okay. And it also um, gives you the powers to have a bath in the middle of a wheat field or something along those lines. <laughs> uh, so what would be your best advice then on how to get a person, um, your spouse, in the mood for sex? With food? With food, uh, yes. With food. Uh, I would say that when you're making, when you're preparing something uh, uh, for your lover, for your husband, for your wife, it's it's the preparation. Like one of the very fun things that a lot of couples love to do is make food together because it's a sharing experience. And so you have this, you you make the you drink a glass of wine, you make the food together, you sit down and you eat together. You're sharing that time with one another, and and it's that I think it's the just getting out of the the work week and and being able to spend that one on one time together over some beautiful food, hopefully it's good, well-cooked food, that's what makes, that can make for uh, yeah, a, a good introduction into sex, as long as, the, as, long as it's, a, it's a light meal, as we, we've already discussed. Yeah. But the whole, uh, create the creation of food, putting food on the table, making something for your lover, uh, it says that you were thinking about them, that you wanted to be, treat them in a special way, and hopefully they are reciprocating well with it. And, and that's a, a really nice way to set the mood for your lover with candles and, you know, just, I would say if you're going to go to all the, the time and effort to make something lovely, put some candles on the table, dim the lights, you know, you know, if, if you have kids, maybe wait till they're in bed, you know, and, and then, and then have this nice time together. Okay. Um, Trina, this has been, um, (laughs) you know, we edit this thing, but this has been one of the, um, best podcasts ever. 
in terms of trying to get this thing together because we, um, like I said, you listeners aren't going to hear all of it, but uh, this this was a this was a good one. This was a challenge, but um, I think it's going to turn out awesome. So I'm really looking forward to the final product here, and I think everybody listening is going to have a lot of great ideas and have a better understanding of the foods that they eat and how it can help them in the bedroom. So thank you so much, Trina. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, You guys are listening to Dr. Trina Reed. She has a doctorate in human sexuality. She is also an international speaker and offers free sex tips on her website, bestsextipsever.com. And she uh, she also has a book, Till Sex Do Us Part. And you can get that on her website as well. Um, And she is on Twitter, Dr. Trina Reed. And she's also blogging on the Married Life Network. And uh, next week, we are going to be doing a podcast with uh, Dr. Noelle Nelson on even though you love your spouse, their relatives drive you crazy. So we'll be discussing that issue. So uh, thank you once again, Trina. I really appreciate your time. Oh, it's my pleasure, Steve. Thanks. Okay. Take care, everybody. I just want to say one thing to my wife who's home. Yo, Adrian! I did it! They certainly got the idea. They feel free to express love. It's worth all those awful frank discussions at the dining room table. Hitched entertains, educates, and inspires married couples.